Hi, I'm Hope, and you're listening to another episode of the Cameron Brooks Podcast. Today, Pete, Joel, and I sit down to talk about the four mindsets for transition to business success. These include being strategically curious, defining what transition means to you, how to avoid false career starts, and finding your transition Sherpa. One of our core values at Cameron Brooks is continuous learning and growth. We encourage every officer who ever calls in to talk to us to start their transition research early. We truly believe it's the best way to make a well-informed decision about determining your next career move. So we wanted to record this podcast in hopes it would act as a resource for officers who are at the beginning stages of their transition thought process or for those who are on the journey already and want to make sure they're setting themselves up for success. So without further ado. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Cameron Brooks podcast. In many of my conversations with officers, I'm asked a variation of this question, but it goes like this. Hope, how would you advise me to get started? I want to put my best foot forward. And we would probably all respond, Rob, Pete, Joel, myself, with, it starts with adopting the right mindset. And here's the good news. We have a document that specifically breaks down how to get started in your transition research and the best mindsets to embrace as you move forward in this journey. If you want this digital document, we will have a link to it in our podcast blog post. So today on the podcast we will be discussing these four mindsets for transition to business success. And I will say before we dive into talking about mindsets that the Cameron Brooks team does enjoy talking about Carol Dweck's growth mindset concept. And in my research uh, for this podcast, I found a quote and she was talking about um, doing her research. And I'll quote, the view you adopt for yourself profoundly affects the way you lead your life. It can continue to determine whether or not you become the person you want to be and whether you accomplish the things you value. And so this view contributes to your mindset. So setting the right mindset is key. But why is this important for the junior military officer? It really helps you pivot to the future. We know you're busy, full-time job, family life, social life, et cetera, et cetera. And being proactive about embracing these mindsets now will give yourself an edge in the future. So let's go ahead and dive into mindset number one, being strategically and selfishly curious. Joel, break it down for us. Yeah, thanks, Hope. A great introduction as well. And, and thanks for bringing in Carol Dweck for those that have not read uh, Mindset. Um, I'm a huge fan of the book um, and the growth mindset constantly reminding me every day. In fact, Hope, just a plug. There's a, a, a podcast coming out. I don't remember what date you assigned it to me. And you asked me to quote some of my fair, favorite books. Or the mm-hmm. podcast is actually on uh, why reading is important, uh, which is going to be a part of this mind, this mindset number one. And I have a podcast coming out in the future. And that was one of the, my favorite books that people should be reading. Um, so good, good plug. All right. Be <laughs> selfishly curious. So um, like Hope said, she talks to a lot of people. And um, Pete uh, Van Epps, who's also on the podcast, can be talking some of these months mindsets. Pete and I have a little bit more, a little bit of a different perspective because we were there at one time as military officers making the transition, and we also talked to people. 
And so there comes a point, it could be before you start in the military, but there certainly comes a point sometime in the military, you start thinking, okay, I should probably be thinking about getting out. Um, and I think the first question that you should be really curious why you're, you're curious about is why. First strategic question to, should be back to you, to yourself. Why am I thinking about getting out? And it could be something that you don't like about the military, the lifestyle, or personal profession. It doesn't have to be negative, but what, what problem are you, what problem am I trying to solve by getting out? Ask yourself that question. And it's okay to say things like to, to, to start with like quality of life. I want more time with my family, or you know what, as I just look out to the future in the business, in the military, I'm not as excited about the, the career options that are in front of me. And that's actually one of the reasons why I got out. I really liked my first four years. And I think I would have even enjoyed the next two. But as I really looked out beyond the six-year point, I was ah, don't know that I want to do that with my career. So I think figure out your why. Uh, what, is the, what am I thinking about why I want to get out? And then start thinking, about, okay, if that's why I want to get out, what can I do next that would help me solve that? But also maybe help me do things that I get to do in the military that I would like to do, like lead and solve problems and mentor people, manage projects, whatever it may be. So you got to be curious. And I like to say, I like two questions um, that are really helpful and uh, and to write these down. Not only why am I thinking about giving out, but where do I see myself personally and professionally like in five years? What does that look like? And I I encourage you to get real clarity on journaling that. I learned this when I went through my coaching program. It's called Preferred Futuring. Write that out. What is it? You can get down, I want a house with a yard, everything. And like, kind of, what are you wearing to work? You can get that clear if you want. Then you got to say, where am I now? Where am I right now? And what do I need to do to close the gap to get there? And then that'll come into the next piece where you're curious. Okay, what are some things that you can start doing to figure out what are those paths that I could get to? Is it business? Is it going government? Is it defense contracting? Is it, what, what is it for you? the path that would get you there. Then you got the path. So what do I need to do to be successful on the path? Well, since we're a a firm that really helps people transition to leadership roles in business, we'll talk more about specifically that. Some real tangible resources. And I would say one of the number one places that's super easy that you can gather a ton of information. If you're listening to this podcast, maybe this is the first episode that you listen to, is I would listen to a bunch of our episodes. And because we're talking to our alumni that are working in business, we're giving tips on, on how to make the transition, what's, what's it like out there. But then you can also read business books. And I know it's like a super selfish plug to do it, but I do believe this in my heart that PCS to Corporate America 4th Edition is probably the best place to start because it lays out, this is what the development candidate career is like. And you don't have to in both of those, by the way, because you're just starting to look at things, you don't actually have to pick up the phone and call anybody and like talk to anybody. And it's super safe, right? You can do this on your own and you can process these things. Because I think there's an element, I remember going through this, it's like, you know, before I go talk to somebody, I think I kind of want to look at this just myself initially. We also have our resource center at Cameron Brooks, Cameron-Brooks.com go hit the JMO button, come right down there. There's resource center on the, there's an external site of the resource center where there's like 
access to the podcast, the blog and white papers. But then you can just put your e sign up, create an email address, password, go in. And there's a whole bunch of resources in there, like articles and a reading program and podcasts that you can listen to. So get your, get your why. Why am I getting out? What do I want to look like in five years? And do your best to journal that. Where am I now? And what do I need to, to, to do to close that gap? If it is business, you might start thinking, okay, it's time to start thinking, maybe I should go talk to some people. You might be thinking, I talked to somebody yesterday, hey, I'm going to talk to my friends that made the transition and talk about what they do. I think that's good too. How did you do it? What are you finding? What are you looking for out there? And Pete will talk about this a little bit later in one of the other mindsets. There's a certain time where I would recommend, and I know this could kind of sound like a selfish plug again, I want to acknowledge that, that you may want to talk to somebody that has more expertise than say a friend or family member that did the transition one time. You know, I've done it 22 years and by my count, that's probably 5,000 plus people that have officially done the transition through Cameron Brooks. So I've done 5,000 transitions or more. So pick up research recruiting firms, talk to somebody about him thinking about getting out. You do this for a living. What do you think? Get some advice from them. And you can look at, should I be using a firm if I get out, a transition firm? Should I be doing it by myself? Should I use a job fair routine? Start thinking about those and doing those research. So be curious. But I think the first thing in be curious is your why. What problem are you trying to solve? Get clear on that. Get clear on what you want your life to look like in, in five years and journal that. Figure out where you are and you're much more likely to get on the right path to get there. That's a perfect segue, Joel. Thank you for explaining how to be and how to even get started and being strategically and selfishly curious. Because once you do define that why and what you want to, it's going to help set the path for how you want to move forward, which kind of leads us into mindset number two. You know, what does transition mean to you? And so Pete and I have had a couple of conversations on this. Uh, we wrote a blog post a couple of weeks ago on specific questions to ask yourself to help you define it. So Pete, take it away. Yeah, I the the word transition and so the mindset number two, what does transition mean to you? Really, the word transition to us is the foundational bedrock of, of who we are and what we do because the definition of transition to Cameron Brooks and what that ultimately means to helping military officers make the move from corporate uh, from the military to corporate America really can define, Joel said, five, 10, 15, 25 years down the road. And I think, you know, a lot of times when military officers are initially thinking about, you know, the transition or I'm going to transition, it's natural to think about the transition as this kind of administrative paperwork process. Okay, I'm going to get out of the military. I need to submit a resignation. I'm going to start terminal leave. Boom, found a job. Suddenly, I've made the transition. And I think for many, many years, that's kind of been the idea. Hey, I'm going to transition, meaning I'm getting out of the military, start working a new career. At Cameron Brooks, we really want to kind of stress the idea that the transition is more of a transformational process. And it doesn't just start, you know, the day you submit your resignation and it doesn't just end the day that you start working. It really starts way upstream from the resignation submission. It starts with kind of this idea back to mindset number one, of being 
selfishly and strategically curious about what's available, doing your homework, doing your research. Yes, you still have to submit a resignation, but there's so much more to it in terms of preparation, um, increasing your knowledge in wherever you're going to next, whether it's the business world or anything else. From there, what we feel like the, tra the transformational process is getting into a company that you're best suited for and allowing you over time to build a skill set. I'm going to reference, Joel referenced uh, our podcast. I'll be specific to one episode that we did with our CEO, Chuck Alvarez, episode 116, where we really spent probably 20 minutes defining the word transition. But he really goes, Chuck, in this, in this podcast, really talks about changing the way you market yourself from you know, getting out of the military, you market yourself as a military leader with, with leadership experience and business potential. But go, the transition is really going through this transformational process whereby three, four, maybe five years away from stepping out of the military, you've changed the way you market yourself from business leader with a specific skill set who happened to come from the military. And so for us, we really want to own the word transition, not as this administrative paperwork, okay, get out of the military, boom, start my career. It's really more of a transformational process that starts long, likely long before you um, submit your resignation and goes for a, a few years after you move from the military to corporate America, where you really in, embrace and embody all of the things that go um, with being a business leader. And the segue to this, or the kind of getting into the next mindset, is if 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 um, if you do this well and you do this correct, you avoid some of the hurdles and pitfalls that can really trip you up from from um, higher level leadership down the road. So if you see yourself as an executive in business down the road, it's really this transition transitional process where you go from military leader with business potential to business leader with a skill set who came from the military, it's that process that really foundationally sets you up for higher level growth and leadership um, along your career uh, in corporate America. Great, Pete. And so just, of you know, as we define the transition as extending past, like when that day you sign out and you take off the uniform and step into a different type of uniform, um, you know, getting two to three to four years down the line as still being part of your transition, just as a little bit of a later piece. So mindset number three in that two, three, four year mark, we advise avoiding career false starts. So that's mindset number three. And I think Joel wants to speak on this particular mindset. And I, uh, if I could do all this mindset all over again, just because I like things in the positive sense, I'd say get it right the first time. Um, <laughs> it, it could be the same title. And so instead of transitioning three or four times, get it right the first time, transition once. Um, so what am I talking about? And I'd be thinking, well, you know, there's a lot of data out there. We have our, actually our own data. So I can use our own data. Pete, who's on this podcast, did some research that uh, of people that got out uh, four years ago that came through Cameron Brooks, went through the Cameron Brooks program, 
78% of those people that in that four-year period that got out, 78% were still with their original company. That doesn't mean that they were in the same position. We didn't really do the data on that, but with the original company, I bet you they probably have been they promoted because otherwise they wouldn't have stayed unless they were growing and developing. And then the average tenure, so of everybody, was 42 months. So that's that gets into that 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 uh, that transition word. So they were there those three to five years that what Pete was talking about. If you're going to make that successful transition, you got to get it right. Now he looked at this other subset of people that we actually had a relationship with. They had interest in our program and ultimately chose to not go through Cameron Brooks and actually do their own search. Only 50% were with their original company after four years. And, and then I don't remember if we did the statistics and number of the average jumps, but it's, it's still, they did not make it. Yeah, that's well, not only that, if I may add, just from the data, we also found that many of those weren't even in corporate America. They had maybe started there and gone back to the government, or maybe they went back to school. It was just, it almost can, you can find, watch their path on LinkedIn, and it's just a little bit lost as they're trying to find their way. And, and that's such a good point, Pete. I'm glad you brought that up because this goes back to my first mindset. You got to get really clear on what you want. It, in because what happens and it causes the false starts. They they start, they stop, they go, they go do a search over again. They go, they start, they stop, they do a search over again. And if you get really clear on what you want and you keep that focus, you're really unlikely to do that. But the problem is, is it gets confusing. And I want to be sensitive to that because it does get confusing. When people are transitioning, it's rare. When I said know why you're getting out that I think people get out for a lot of other many reasons. I want a good location. I want to make this amount of money. I want to be promoted. I want to be grown and developed. I want to be a part of a great company. I hear that a lot, actually. It's like, yeah, great. Sounds good. We can help with those things. But those are a lot of requirements. And not one job is going to hit those on a nine on a 10 scale. Hardly anything's going to do. They're going to have all these variabilities along the way. Some might hit a seven in this area, but a 10 here and an eight there. And I think they get confused. I want this, this growth opportunity, this great company, but they end up taking a position for a location or they take a position because it's the highest paying or they didn't have anything to compare it to. And then they get in there and it's like, well, I wonder if this is all there is. And so it's really important to get clear what you want and not when you start making decisions, get confused and trade. Trade something for that you really wanted to take something else because it's it, it in the moment it it meets that requirement. We see that, for example, in, in location comes up like all the time. Somebody will call us a year before getting out. They'll say, "I'm getting out because I I just am not excited about my career options, and I want a, a, a career where I can be grown and develop and have opportunities, promotion and growth. I can impact the bottom line. I can have people that will invest in me. They'll name all these things, and it'll be two months before their transition. They say, hey, you know what? I've decided I'm only going to look in Charlotte, North Carolina. Wait, you're solving a different problem now. You're solving, I want this ideal location versus this. And not that location is not important. It, it is, it's just, you end up just trading what the priority is. And that's why you can end up in these do-overs. 
you never really solve the initial problems. You start all over again, looking for that, that, that opportunity is going to solve ultimately what you're looking for. But why is this bad? Why is it bad to do the do-overs? Well, because you never transition. So if you take a look at somebody's resume, and I've hired a lot of people, hired Hope, hired Pete, for example, <laughs> hired a lot of people. And I can tell you that I get really scared and scared is, a, is an accurate word. They scare me. Their resumes got job for a year, job for a year, job for a year. And it's, I'm not going to hire the person because when I hired Hope and Pete, it took a lot of my time and my energy not to hire them, but to invest in them. It maybe took a lot of time for Pete for it, in fact. <laughs> a lot of time. Still, a lot of education. Um, and, and the last thing you want to do is that you hire this person, you train them up for a year and they leave. And so it scares people. So you got to get it right. And you end up falling behind your peers. You end up actually losing the, the, the a positive piece that you are a JMO with all these skills. And you end up looking at it as a, like a risk. And I think this is a mindset that, that I think right after the transition mindset that Pete talked about, that I think that it's hard for people to understand, oh, I won't do that. I won't do that. No, statistically, a lot of veterans and JMOs included do um, transition out of the military and make that mistake. I'm holding up the, the, the veteran opportunity report from LinkedIn from 2019. And it talks about, and I can't remember the exact statistics exactly, um, about how many veterans end up feeling underemployed. 70% take a step back in responsibility, it says. And I think that these steps, people don't recognize how bad of a fit taking a step back in responsibility can feel and it will cause you to quit and go look for something else. So avoid the do-overs, get it right the first time and make the transition because then you build this platform when you can start jumping off other things. So how do you do that? Go back, get clear on what you want and stay focused on that. You got to start your research early. Ideally, you're not, and if you are hitting the panic button late, you, you know, that, that can work. So don't run away. Uh, it just, if you have time, you're a year out use that. That's a, that's a resource. Don't scramble for trying to figure out what you want to do. Second, ideally you can compare multiple options at the same time. That's hard to do because most times if you're doing this on your own or using multiple sources, you get an offer, you have to evaluate it. It's, it's good or not good. And you got to let it go if you don't like it and wait for the next thing. You don't really get to compare these simultaneously. I think we go back to the Cameron Brooks piece of 78%. One of the reasons is, and I know for me, I, I got to be honest, there were times when I was like, oh man, Cameron Brooks right for me? I'm not sure. I mean, not now. I've been here 22 years. But like in the first few years, but I think there was beauty. And I use the word beauty. I mean, it's too strong of a word of like, oh, I looked at those things. I made a choice for this because it's not perfect. But I remember I compared this and I did that. And you get to compare those options and, and ultimately make that, that decision because you had something to compare it to. And it's very difficult to do that on your own. It's not that you can't get a job or get an offer on your own, but I think it's very difficult to get multiple opportunities moving simultaneously in the interview process, getting offers and compare them. So there is value in having 
you know, a partner in helping you do that so that, so that when you do compare, you are more committed. You are com- more committed. Additionally, so if I had to kind of, su- not additionally, but sum this up, start early, get clear on what you want. And it's going to just be, be ready. It's going to get confusing. But if you got that clarity of what you want, explore your options. Make a decision on an opportunity that really solves what you're trying to, what you're trying to accomplish by getting out. Don't do what's expedient. Do what's really going to solve the problem. Yeah, and I think, think long-term. And Pete's going to dive into this next point. Have a, have a partner that knows what they're doing, that, that has been down this path and knows these are the trip-ups. Because it's just on my own, just before I don't want to steal any Pete's things, but I just took up golf two and a half years ago. No, nah, it's not even two and a half yet. Two years going to work. I wasted the first year. I wasted an entire year and probably like 200 golf balls. <laughs> just trying to figure yeah, it out. Come on, be honest. 200. You double that. Let's double that. Okay. 450. <laughs> it was a lot. I started, I stealing, I started stealing range balls. It got so bad. <laughs> um, Confessions. <laughs> I started, don't tell Fredericksburg Golf Course that I did that. I started stealing <laughs> range balls because it. it got so bad. I think I learned a bunch of bad habits. I wasted time. And I took a lesson. And in six months after I'd taken a lesson, I broke a hundred. And you know what? After I broke a hundred, I got high fives from people, Pete being one of them, from Jimmy, the guy yep. that took me out. None of them stopped me and said, did you get a lesson before you broke a hundred? Because you shouldn't celebrate because somebody taught you how to, how to play golf properly. There's, there's, there's no extra reward for having help in the, in the process. I would have accelerated and ditched the bad habits months. I'm still trying to ditch bad habits that I created in that time. So get it right the first time, avoid the do-overs. I, I told the group I was gonna read this text on this podcast. Um, and it's anecdotal, but it's anecdotal based on the data that Joel's already given. So yes, this is a individual, but, uh, but, but it's indicative, extremely indicative of the data that we've already discussed. So this is a text I got on June 22nd of 2021 from a person who came through the Cameron Brooks program and conference in January of 2019. And uh, he's a good guy and a, and a person that I've kept up with and we've kept up with one another here and there. And his story is he came to the Cameron Brooks Conference. He did do a bunch of comparing. He actually earned offers, um, but ultimately chose to, to pursue an offer in his own network, which is perfectly fine, by the way. But he went and pursued an opportunity in his hometown for a job that was related to his undergraduate degree. The company really wasn't vetted. You know, they didn't really know how to deal with a, with a high-performing JMO. And the role wasn't vetted. It wasn't commensurate with his level of leadership. And he ended up leaving that role pretty quick and found a couple of other jobs. Well, I got this text the other day. It says, hey, Pete, hope you're well. Been talking to 
I'm going to not mention the company, but it's a company that we partner with on a regular basis. I've been talking to this company about a position that we represent at the conference. And they asked if I could, uh, you know, partner, you know, send my camera, my old camera books resume. And we kind of went through them to that. And then he said, also, if you have any candidates who need a little kick in the butt to stick with a camera books position and not a personal network opportunity, send them my way. Hindsight is always 2020. And from someone and someone could someone else could learn from me. And so I just want to add a little commentary to that. It doesn't mean it's, you know, if you go off and do something on your own, it's absolutely going to work the way that it worked for this individual. But but you have to recognize and, and this really kind of gets into the next mindset Joel already alluded to. You have to recognize when you're partnered with a professional services firm you can feel comfortable that that firm is vetting opportunities, meaning companies and roles to be commensurate, leading companies and representing roles that can be commensurate with your level of leadership. Whereas this person didn't do that. And now he's about two and a half years later, he's evaluating roles that he easily could have gotten into two and a half years ago from the career conference. So again, anecdotal, I get that, but it is indicative of the data and I think it was it's just poignant relative to uh, this specific conversation. Yeah. Um, thanks for sharing that. I, I love that he said hindsight is always 2020. And that's true at any point in life. But um, I'm glad that you keep up with them. So, and, and you mentioned, you know, working with a professional services firm, you know, feeling comfortable that we do uh, vet those opportunities in the companies. Um, so finding your Sherpa is mindset number four. And Great. so I think Pete, I mean, you've already kind of touched on this. Do you want to dive a little bit deeper yeah. into this, the Sherpa yeah. mindset? <laughs> yeah. So this 20,000 feet. Um, I probably will never do that. Joel, I don't know. Will you invite me? Should we do that one day, Mount Everest? Yeah, I was going to say that maybe not everybody knows what a Sherpa is. And <laughs> I guess assume that <laughs> assumption everybody knows what a Sherpa is. I, don't, right, right, I, only, right. I think I only know it because I read the, that one book where those guys got lost on, uh, on, on Mount Everest. Yeah. Were they with a Sherpa? The Mount yeah, they were. Uh-oh. But it's snow. Mount Everest is 29,000 feet, and a Sherpa is basically a guide. I mean, if you think about Everest, like, you don't even start at the bottom. You start at, I don't know, Joel, what, where do you start? Like 10,000 feet? Is it higher than that? I don't know. It sounds like a, a lot. I mean, I'm past my prime. That sounds like too much exercise and snow. I grew up in Minnesota. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't Again, think there's I want no to way. No way. Hiking anymore and lack of, lack of oxygen, no food. I was a tanker in the Army. We got to keep, we got to yeah. stay warm. I don't want to do anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, so right. So the, the mindset of find your transition Sherpa, really what we're driving at here is find a guide, find an expert who's made the journey many times, helped thousands of people like you who are embarking on, you know, who have embarked on this journey for the first time. They know the best routes. They knew the, know the ones to avoid. They've learned the pitfalls. They know how to help you prepare. They know how to help train you. They know how to, how to detect kind of issues, last minute inclement weathers and guides. And even as I'm describing that, you know, I can, I can think about Cameron Brooks. You know, we've helped literally thousands and thousands of officers 
find the best route and avoid the pitfalls. And even, you know, I think about you know, spring of 2020 when COVID-19 hit, you know, this idea of detecting last minute challenges, you know, in spring of 2020, April of 2020, well, arguably the height of the economic uncertainty from COVID-19, we still had a career conference. We, we still had many opportunities in op, op, um, officers who came to the conference and um, did a career search and was able to select a position that was best for them. So when I think about Cameron Brooks being a Sherpa, that's exactly what we are. We are a professional services firm that helps military officers prepare, shows them multiple opportunities, helps them to train, prepare, and then ultimately uh, launch their business career. And and I know I know Joel mentioned shameless plug a couple of times earlier, and so yeah, this is a bit of a plug for who we are and what we do. We're proud of what we do because ultimately, what we're driving for our mission in life is to change people's lives for the better. We recently hired a lady, and she is the the spouse of an alumnus who came through this program. And early in the process, Joel was talking to her, and and he said, "Hey, are you interested in exploring an opportunity here?" And, and she, without hesitation, said, heck, yes. Why? Because you changed our life. And, and if you think about who we are and what we do, our mission and goal is to, is to help you avoid career false starts, to, to get it right the first time, to guide you through the process in order to change your life. Would you weigh in on that, Joel? I've been fortunate to to do this now for 22 years. So I have a lot of stories now starting to pile up here lately um, on that. And so first point wasn't just one. We hired two spouses um, in the last four months of our alum. And both of them, when I said, okay, tell me why you're interested. They both said the exact same thing. You changed your lives. And I, that's just what I was, whoa. But we, you know, we, we, we really do that. We are a business, yes. Um, we, we, we do operate like a for-profit business, sure, but we do meaningful work. And, and then you know, we had uh, this guy's name, Scott, won't say the, the full name, but protect kind of like their business and things like that. But he's the national sales manager for a robotic surgery company. So he was at a conference before the pandemic and I recruited him in 2004. And he's recruiting for his company. He's now the top, you know, he's one of the top people in the, his company. Comes to me and just say, I was in a bad place. Just got divorced. I was just in a motorcycle accident. I was getting out. I needed to get out of the military, put, have a pivot in my life. You guys gave me a path. You gave me a path. And now look at me, I, you've changed my life. And then talked to a gentleman named Will. He got out in 2000 checks in with me every single year. And I was talking with Will about a project that I'm working on. And he's like, I'll help you with that. And I was like, well, how come? He's like, Joel, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here doing what I'm doing without you guys. And it's, it's a partnership, right? It, 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 it takes both. And having a, you know, having a partner is not right for everybody. You've got to feel like if there's a sense of trust there's a sense of commitment that we have to earn. There's probably a sense of feeling like you're giving up something to be able to, to, to have somebody help you. So I said earlier, um, 
I think I was trying to learn how to play golf on my own. Um, but I don't think there's, there's anything heroic about that. There's nothing heroic about doing your own career search. And there are a lot of pitfalls. I'm not, this is not trying to, this, I think it's, it's really just honest truth in the 22 years. No, there's a lot of ways to get it wrong. Because, and the reason why there's a lot of ways to get it wrong is the way that you're doing a search, getting out from the military, going to the business is very different than a normal person that's working in business already. And it starts with you have to resign on average six months, some branches, nine months. You are, boom, resignation is in. You have a very definitive date that you're getting out. And so now you have a very definitive date that you're getting out and you have to work, sometimes deploy, sometimes go to the field and you have to line up interviews and find them. And you are going to start have to interview and interviewing isn't as easy as just getting up and start talking about yourself. You have to be able to, to frame your background in a way that companies will understand the value that you bring them. So to try to do those three things simultaneously is very difficult. And you, and then you put in the, the fact that you have a very definitive time that you are done working. Very different. If you're already working in business, you have experience that relates to business. And, and so you're going to talk in ways that they understand. Second, when, if you, once you're working business, start looking for a job, the way it works is that you start applying for jobs and positions. You don't tell your current employer, hope oh, Pete, please don't like model this. Um, no I value, but this is the way it works. Um, you apply, you don't tell your current employer you're doing it. You, uh, Hey, I need to take a day off of work. You go interview with somebody. They don't give you an offer. Guess what? You keep working at your company. You still got a job. You get paid. Okay. You look for the next one. You apply. You get a job offer. Now you go resign. So it's a very different search. And because not all companies get veterans. That's why 70% take a step back in responsibility, according to the, the LinkedIn veteran opportunity report. It's uh, you have a definitive time and you're busy. It's just unique and it's, so it's helpful to have somebody that can walk with you, not, not in front of you, with you. And like Pete said, point out the way. A good Sherpa is going to say, don't take that turn. Go this way. Avoid that step. We want to stop here and rest. We want to do these things. No, if you do that, this is going to happen. Do it this way. Eat here, sleep this. Avoid the pitfalls. And then thus you make the summit. You make it to the top. And this is when I had this story yesterday. I was alluding to a candidate yesterday. And he's in the Navy. And he said, you know, I think working with a recruiting firm or a transition firm is only good for people that are already on the ship where they're pressed for time and, and they have to get a partner to help them line everything up. I'm not in that. I'm teaching ROTC right now. I have time. I can do this all on my own. And so, well, how will you do it? He said, well, I'm going to call my friends that have been doing this. I'm going to get a, a mentor from one of these veteran mentor groups and I'll ask them how to do it, what interview questions. And, and he was open and honest. And I just said, Hey, can I share with something with you? He said, sure. He said, all those people have done it, the transition one time. That's it. So collectively, maybe you talk to 10 people and you get 10 different experiences. 22 years that I've personally been doing this 
thousands of times. Now, based on the book, First Break All the Rules and the Gallup organization, I'm now considered an expert because of my years and number of experience. Wouldn't you rather talk to somebody that can say, hey, wait a second here. This doesn't make sense. Maybe you want to think about it this way. Not for my benefit, but to help you reach your goals. That's the value of the, the guide, the Sherpa, somebody that's been down the path thousands of times. Yeah, and so I this think- idea of, real quick, hope so, this idea of find your transition Sherpa, it's, certainly it's not impossible to, incline, to climb Mount Everest on your own. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, I don't know, I'm, <laughs> I assume. But um, but why would you want to? You know what I mean? Like why why would you even consider that? What what do you got, Hope? Uh, that's a great way to round it out. I just keep thinking of myself, you know, standing at the bottom of Mount Everest and thinking this is going to be a long journey and getting a little bit freaked out, <laughs> and which I'm mm-hmm. sure is how our junior military officers think about the transition, just like a little bit freaked out. But if you have a guide, you can feel comforted. And, and you know what, I think the, to kind of round everything out, it coming back to, you know, like, how do I put my best foot forward? Where do I get started? And at the beginning of like any journey, personal and professional first step really begins with awareness and, you know, being selfishly curious. So, um, that's why we have created this PDF document for you to download. Um, that's why we're doing this podcast because you have to start somewhere and, um, to put your best foot forward, you know, part of it is speaking with those who have gone through it before, um, which, Pete and Joel have been through it thousands of times before. So, um, you know, if you want to download that PDF, like I said, the link is going to be in our podcast blog post. Um, we, you know, love doing the podcast. We hope you find it helpful. If you do enjoy listening, uh, please leave us a review on Apple podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. It really helps us, but also it helps other military officers who would benefit from this podcast find us. Um, and so, you know, that it concludes our episodes. Thank you guys for being on and kind of giving your two cents on these four mindsets. There will be more to come. Um, and we have some all-star alumni, uh, interviews coming up, uh, for the podcast for you, um, and some great content. So keep listening and, uh, we'll see you again soon.